Hello, welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten, and today I'm joined by my good pal, model actress extraordinaire, Courtney Williams. She has a lot to say about today's topic, and today's topic needed a bit of a feminine touch, because otherwise it would just be Parks and I going back and forth over a boob. Uh, Nothing anyone wants. (laughs) Courtney and I go way back. Uh, I think I, I am the first person that you met while you were... After you moved here, right? Ryan, you are absolutely the first person I met when I moved here. I was probably about three days in, went to the Museum of Death by myself, because that's just the kind of girl I am. And who do I meet? Who's there? You're there. Yep. You're there. And after, you were like, hey, what are you doing after this? Are you uh, going home? And I didn't have any friends. And I was like, of course I'm going home, man. I don't know anyone. And you were like, let's go to... Let's go to the, the grossest fro- bar yeah. <laughs> on Hollywood Boulevard, the Frolic Room. Let's give it up for the Frolic Room. Yes, uh, hopefully they will survive uh, all of this, all this stuff. But oh. yeah, I know all, all of my other favorite places are gone. But the Frolic Lots Room remains. We've mentioned the Frolic Room on this show uh, several times. We actually mentioned it on our Scatman episode because <sighs> Scatman John, when he was a jazz musician in Hollywood, undoubtedly used to get wasted there. He's a Scatman. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're actually talking about another musician, but more importantly what happened to this musician today's topic is janet jackson's nipple Nipple gate gate. right so it's pretty obvious i'm sure for you listeners to understand why nipple gate is a culture dump um it's just such a pop culture blip that was so intense at the time and now it really means nothing you know i'm sure there's lasting (laughs) effects in the lives of those involved but overall it's kind of just a flash in the pan moment scandal that we love here on the show it's like if this happened today i don't think it would be hot news for more than a week? No. I yeah. give it a week. Uh, absolutely. And we'll, and we'll get into that later because, uh, you know, Nipplegate. Well, let's get into it. What is Nipplegate? Oh. So during the halftime show of Super Bowl 38, megastars Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake performed a steamy duet that ended with Timberlake purposefully tearing away part of Jackson's costume, revealing her right breast. Oh, Yeah, ungodly. The over 100 million viewers were stunned at the split-second exposure, which ended up becoming the most TiVo'd moment of all time and made Janet Jackson the most searched person on the internet that year. The event would not only alter the career of one of the world's biggest pop stars, but also birthed the term wardrobe malfunction, which ended up being included in Webster's Dictionary. Are you a Janet Jackson fan? I am. You can't not... You just... I, I can't not be a fan of Janet Demita Joe Jackson. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, she, she's amazing. And I mean, we're going to get into this is going to be kind of a long winded history because it's important for you guys to understand absolutely how successful she was in order to really appreciate how stupid the Nipplegate thing was. Yeah, I think some people don't really understand just how big she was because she was in the shadow of her brother, kind of. Right. People don't realize. I mean, this was. Well, you're going to get we're going to get into it. Yeah, well, and she and she's huge and and you know, another thing is like the whole dump where the aspect is like you're really giving this person shit like over over an accident or a presumed accident. It's like yeah, I'm getting I'm getting the look. But anyway, so let's get into it. Who is Janet Jackson? Why is she uh, so famous? So born Janet Demita Joe Jackson on May 16th, 1966. Janet Jackson is the 10th and youngest child in the Jackson family. Oh, the Jacksons, the family that gave us the music of the Jackson 5, Michael Jackson, LaToya Jackson, and Janet Jackson is no stranger to controversy, and virtually every member of the family has run into their own media snafu at one time or another, or several, or more than any (laughs) other celebrity of all time. The family of stars. Yeah, I mean, it it comes with the territory, but the Jacksons are just, there's so much weird and just like stuff there. We're not even talking about the Michael stuff. We're talking about just the whole entire history. The whole family, yeah. Right. And and they're they're icons, though. The Jacksons as a whole have sold close to a billion albums. Janet herself is responsible for about 100 million of them just on her own, easily making her the most successful and well-known person we have discussed on the show. She's also one of the top-selling artists of all time, period. Not female, not R&B, of all time, period. Period. Yeah. And Again, a billion albums is ungodly. Selling a million, a hundred million, selling a million albums now is unheard of. That's crazy. But yeah. I think sometimes numbers like that get thrown around like, oh, a million, a billion. And you don't really realize 
how exactly many how much that, that is. is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and we'll kind of explain what that RIAA like platinum gold rating system actually means. It's not necessarily the amount sold, it's the amount ordered to stores. So like if every Best Buy in the country orders, you know, a couple thousand of them, like you'll probably go platinum. That doesn't mean people are going to buy them. But they were ordered. And in her case, people fucking did buy them. So oh, yeah. That, that's the whole thing. And the Jacksons, you know, like we said, they have a long and complex history that's best told by someone else. But we're here just for Janet. Yeah. Exactly. Being the youngest of the Jackson children had its advantages. By the time she was seven years old, she was being booked to perform at major venues such as the MGM Casino in Las Vegas. Can't think of a better venue for a seven-year-old child to be at. Come on down to the MGM. (laughs) In the 70s when everyone's smoking (laughs) and fucking wasted. There's nothing for kids to do back then. I mean, now Vegas is kid-friendly. I don't know why you'd bring your family, but you could. You could. could. Don't get mad at me if you've brought your family to Vegas because there's a lot of cool things. Oh, my God. I'm not saying you're weird. I, I, went, I, wouldn't do I went to Circus Circus recently, arguably like the most kid friendly uh, casino on the strip. It is god awful. I mean, there was like my girlfriend got like an ear infection from the pool. Oh. Like our 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 room had the uh, the smoke detector pulled out when we got in there, and there was tissue stuck in the peephole of the door. No, so I called and complained. They put us in a, a suite, which was the same exact room, just longer, so all the furniture is just super spread yeah. out. <laughs> like it was the dumbest fucking thing ever. What was kid friendly about that place? They have a theme park inside, and oh. it's like clown shit. I don't know, right. but still, yeah, not not kid friendly. But okay. Janet Jackson being you know a tiny kid at the MGM, so the popularity of her brothers, the Jackson Five, helped pique the interest of talent agents and promoters and other members of the Jackson family, particularly Janet. Mm-hmm. Janet made her first television appearance in 1976 alongside her family on the variety show The Jacksons. Her appearances on The Jacksons helped secure several other acting gigs for the young star, most notably as Penny Woods on Good Times and as Charlene Dupree on Different Strokes. She also played Cleo Hewitt on the fourth season of Fame right around the same time she began releasing music. Now she's becoming a young woman. Joe Jackson, the dad, seizes the opportunity, and we have Janet Jackson, the singer phase. You know, first it's cute little kid on TV, and also in Fame, she her character was really popular. Um, fame is about, like, actors and singers and dancers trying to make it at like some prestigious school right right? and uh she yeah came came and went though one season so at 16 years old her father and manager the infamous joseph jackson got janet her first record deal she was signed to a&m records and released her first album titled janet jackson in 1982 Despite the poor promotion of the album's release, it managed to reach number 63 on the Billboard Top 200 chart and number 19 on the R&B charts. Her second album, Dream Street, was released in 1984 and reached number 147 on the Billboard Top 200 and number 19 on the Billboard R&B chart. These albums are not like the stuff that Janet Jackson's mostly known for. Are you familiar with these first two? Like the really early stuff or just like Control and On? Uh, it's a little more Control, control and, and On. Control and On, right, It yeah. was mid-80s for me, like when she released like If, like if I was your girl. Yeah. That's- uh, uh, and like when she got more intense, like, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, there's a reason for that. I mean, she was she was a kid, you know? And yeah, also she, she was yeah. under her dad's management and, you know, while Joseph Jackson has done great things, you know, for everyone in his family right. career-wise, he's also a notorious child beater and really, really mean, scary guy who his kids called Joseph, not dad. Whew. Yeah, it's like that alone is like fucked up. Like, you know, when you know those kids growing up that call their parents by their first name? And it's like, what's like going on here? Like my girlfriend does that, for, for instance. It's like, that's like kind of like a cool, like rebellious thing. Yeah. But when your parents make you call them by their name, it's fucking scary. Yeah, it's like, what's <laughs> happening? Yes. Yeah, I get it. She's got to like work her way up to being super sexy. Yes. You don't want to give it all away too quickly. Well, and Joseph's not going to let that happen. You know, he's not going to let the youngest daughter be this like sex pot, you know what I mean, that she will become later. And that early music's very like boy, girl, like I hope he likes me, like bubblegum, like pop, dancey stuff. Hand. I'm not going to let you. All that stuff. And it's like totally different from like the sex driven, like attitude, social issue stuff that we'll get to because in 1986, Jackson grew tired of working under her father's management. She left the family business to achieve success on her own. This ended up being one of the best decisions she ever made. Her third album, Control, was released in 1986 and reached the number one spot, yeah, on the (laughs) Billboard Top 200 chart and was certified platinum five times over. Not only were the songs perfectly crafted and innovative, the lyrical content was considered much more mature than her past work. 
She was still super young though. I mean, it's only like a year or so later. And also, yeah, platinum is 1 million records sold. Diamond is 10 million sold. They don't really use that word that much. They'd rather just say like platinum 20 times or whatever. Double it sounds, platinum. sounds better than two times diamond. And then gold is 500,000. Then there's lesser from down from there. But again, these are things ordered, not sold. We use, you know, we always talk about the platinum system on this show yeah. whenever we're talking about music. So it's important to realize it's not that many people going out and buying them. But in this case, it actually was. So Control gave the world some of the most classic pop songs of all time, including What Have You Done For Me Lately, Nasty, When I Think Of You, Control, Let's Wait A While, and The, Pre the Pleasure Principle. Woo, Ooh, tongue twister. Woo. Jackson won six Billboard Music Awards, four American Music Awards out of 12 nominations, and was nominated for three Grammys, including Album of the Year. And her music videos for all of those songs were like, Super groundbreaking. I mean, all of those songs, What Have You Done For Me Lately is one of the biggest pop songs ever, and so is Nasty. Like, I get Definitely. Nasty stuck in my head out of nowhere all the time. And the choreography for her videos was insane. She was so hot, and uh, it was actually done by Paula Abdul. And because of the choreography she did for Janet, Paula actually scored her own record deal. Yeah, and ended up being that. like American Idol, you know, well known. But it's so funny because it's like her, those music videos were so good. They gave the choreographer a singing deal. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, what? Like, you're like, fuck it, put her in the booth. Let's yeah, see what happens. Let's go. You know what I mean? So. Anyways, Janet done it again in 1989 with the release of her fourth album, Rhythm Nation 1814. Rather than writing an album that would be considered a sequel to Control, she went even further into socially conscious themes and developed a more intense sound. Yeah, I love this that. is her album. Yeah. Th this is the one. And this one's definitely more about social issues, crime. Uh, rather than boy and girl, it's more like sex and like man, man versus woman and, oh, and things like that. And, and it's more similar to kind of like the stuff Michael Jackson would end up releasing, like right. black and white or black or white or whatever. A lot of and, social commentary. Yeah, it's like that kind of stuff. And there was a look to it. There was like this militaristic aesthetic and which is still like her most well-known thing and ah, she was so cool she was so cool in that i'm like picturing it right now her yeah. super hardcore military jackets with the silhouettes military themes oh. are kind of popular in pop music like i feel like like beyonce at coachella with like the marching band or like you know there's so many instances of pop stars using like like lady gaga's done it everyone's done it with like an army like well, say so what you weird. want about the military but their clothes are cool <laughs> i mean they they have cool outfits they look their uniforms are bomb they I, look I will good. give it to the to their outfits yeah yes. you and, and throughout history there are some great ones her <laughs> tour for the album became one of the most successful tours of all time selling out arenas all over the world including the tokyo dome in japan where she set the record for the fastest sellout ever wow yeah the album itself went platinum 12 times and reached the number one spot on the billboard top 200 and the music video for rhythm nation made janet a fashion icon, which before it, that really wasn't part of her thing. Now everyone's like looking to her videos for like new themes, new aesthetics. She's setting trends now. Yeah, it, it's it's a big deal. By 1991, her contract with A&M had ended, and she signed an estimated 35 to 50 million dollar recording contract with Virgin Records, making her the highest paid singer at the time. She also received a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. Uh, just uh, such a great honor but when you go to the walk of fame it's just like <laughs> oh like i feel really bad about walking on this like first of all the walk of fame is the kind of sidewalk you walk down where you wash your shoes when you get home yeah it's not the cleanest sidewalk i've ever seen in my life i mean it's and i know no sidewalk is the cleanest but these are just this special, is really yeah. bad <laughs> yeah. special sidewalk but it's like all these historical names and, and all these you know it's it's such a great honor to have someone piss on your name like uh, a, week, a week after it's there or even sometimes within 24 hours you know yeah it's i mean uh i, I want it we yeah. all that's why <laughs> we, we're here yeah exactly the stars what we're trying to say is anything janet jackson touched turned to gold absolutely turned to platinum <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that was quick. So Jackson's next album, Janet, was another smash hit. Released in 1993, the album debuted at number one and would eventually sell 14 million copies. She also won a Grammy for the single, That's the Way Love Goes. The album featured five other chart-topping singles as well. I'm not really that familiar with that one. I, I kind of go Control and 1814, but... Then I hit Junior High and you get this next stuff that we'll be talking about in, in a little bit, like the her movie soundtrack stuff because oh, yeah. she's about to break in and, and start a new career transition. Janet's about to start 
acting. Exactly. She made her film transition, uh, or her transition to the silver screen, as I so eloquently wrote down, Mm -hmm. and starred in the 1993 film Poetic Justice, which earned her an Academy Award and Golden Globe nomination for the song Again. And Again was one of the six hits off that album, Janet. Uh, Mm. She also appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone Topless, with her breasts covered by then-husband Renee Elizondo Jr.'s hands. Her boobs have been out. We've been seeing her boobs. Her titties have been out there. And in 1993, to be on Rolling Stone with topless with your breasts covered. And a pop star, too. You it's know? A, yeah, that was that was scandalous. I mean, it's hard to look back at that It's now. iconic, though. It really is an iconic cover. It's one of like the most recognizable Rolling Stone covers of all time it's when you fabulous. look at their list. Yeah, and, and it's, it's awesome. back then, it was ruffling feathers. People were like, oh my God, like turn the Rolling Stone. Yeah, not, not the first time. Don't her, put the uh, cover out there. Turn it around. There's kids here. And it's right. like, now... Yeah, yeah, that's turn, Instagram. yeah. Let's turn the Rolling Stone issue uh, over so the cigarette ad on the back is facing <laughs> the kids instead of uh, the covered boobs. Not those titties that fed my child when they were a child. <laughs> yeah. no, God forbid. God forbid. In 1994, it was reported that her megastar brother Michael Jackson had been accused of child molestation. The story was easily one of the most publicized scandals of all time. Janet sided with her brother and denied allegations of abuse in her own family that were made by her sister Latoya. That is something that we tiptoe around on this show so much. Everyone asks, like, are you going to do Michael Jackson? Or or we've talked about doing Michael Jackson. It's just too big. There's too much there. There are things with Michael Jackson that could be considered culture dumps. That trial, not one of them. That's a different show. Latoya Jackson, however... Major culture dump. Uh, the psychic sister, the like lesser known one, the one who got like, I mean, they all kind of look like each other and especially as surgeries and stuff happen. But Latoya really looks like Michael. Yeah, she went <laughs> definitely exactly where he went. The same route, same everything. I-, I felt bad for Latoya at the time because everyone was kind of like, oh, Latoya's always ruffling up trouble. Right. Latoya's yeah, she, coming around. Yeah, they, they want that. Well, because everyone loved Michael so much at the time, even though he was like easily the most shit on celebrity, but he was also the most praised. Right. You know, so it's like to have anyone, especially in his family, say that they, they just wanted the nice Michael. You know, yeah. they, they didn't want anyone to ruin that picture. The following year, Janet and Michael Jackson released their single Scream, which was intended to be the leading single from Michael's 1995 release, His Tree. The song was about their frustrations with the media and public perception. The Cutting Edge music video broke the record at the time for the most expensive music video ever made and won the Grammy for Best Short Form Music Video. Janet then released Design of a Decade, 1986 through 1996, which was a compilation of her hits, basically a greatest hits album. She's only had like four albums. She's only been around for, well, I guess now it's 10 years. That's about right to make a greatest hits. You know, I always think it's silly when a band is like only been out for like two years and then they have a greatest hits. Yeah, it's like you're kind of signing your own certificate. Right, yeah. Aren't aren't there going to be more hits? No, no, that's it. And they they know it. Yeah, and they know it. These are our greatest in 1996, Janet renewed her contract with Virgin Records for a whopping $80 million, which established her as the highest paid artist of all time at that time, surpassing both her brother and Madonna. 1997 gave us Jackson's sixth album, The Velvet Rope, which oh, is yeah. considered to, yeah, that's that's kind of like a resurgence of like 1814, like Rhythm Nation fame. Yeah. Uh, it's considered to be her most mature, impactful, and emotional release. The album dealt with themes such as homophobia, sadomasochism, and domestic violence. This new side of Janet also came with a new look, one that included facial piercings, tattoos, and striking red hair dye. The album, as well as Janet's new phase, was highly praised by critics and fans. The Velvet Rope debuted at number one on the Billboard Top 200 and sold over 10 million copies. The single Together Again was her eighth number one hit, which put her in the ranks of several of the world's most popular artists, including one of her idols, Diana Ross. That's got to be a great feeling. It's got to be a great feeling. Also, Elton John's up there. And I mean, just anyone. Yeah, eight, I mean, eight number imagine? one singles. Like, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be lucky if anyone hears this episode. Oh, they're and they're hear. talking eight number one singles. <laughs> right. Could you imagine? Wow. You know? So once again, Janet Jackson was awarded the Grammy for Best Short Form Music Video for her song, Got Till It's Gone. This album also made her a gay icon due to many of the song's homosexual and anti-homophobic themes, as well as her involvement with GLAAD and her immense donations to AIDS-related charities. She, like, Janet is in the ranks of, yes, like, a Diana Ross, a Donna Summer, Mm -hmm. uh, a Beyonce, a Cher, a Lady Gaga. She's one of those divas up there in in the gay ranks, for sure. Um, and it, yeah, it has to do with all that stuff and also Rhythm Nation. I gotta say, like, it all starts with Rhythm Nation and and the song Nasty from Control. That's really where that fan base starts sneaking in. But then once she realized that and owns up to it, 
you know nasty is your jam nasty is my jam <laughs> well i we're gonna get to it in a second because nasty is gonna come back up uh very very shortly here in a big big way oh flash forward to the year 2000 Woo! janet appears in her second major film nutty professor 2 the clumps as the main love interest her song doesn't really matter was used on the film's soundtrack that is a very important film in my life why what's why? Uh, the scene where the youngest son of the clumps the smallest clump when they're at the buffet yeah. puts his head <laughs> under the ice cream and then they throw a fork at him uh that i, I don't know that just stuck with me it's amazing <laughs> and just nutty professor like seeing eddie murphy play six fat people is like just classic like I know that dumb humor crazy. it's the lowest common denominator like <laughs> like child ryan was in the theater and blown away i was dying laughing <laughs> and like anytime i do something good or like if like I'm, you know, about to eat like a nice plate of food. I think like Hercules, Hercules, like like the grandma would always say. Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, yeah. Nutty Professor is they're, they're just perfect. And yeah, I love that Janet Jackson was in one and like her song was in it. It just makes it like it takes away the seriousness of her song. It's like, oh, that's yeah. your song from the Clumps. In the early 2000s, I feel like that happened a lot. Like the musician that they'd have prominently featured in the movie, their song would be the movie single, and then right. you'd see like Professor Clump in the video. Yeah, they'd like cut the movie into the video. Remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. Exactly. And if they couldn't afford that, they would just it would just be scenes from the movie. Like yeah, Will, Will would... Smith really made that popular in that era with like yeah. Men in Black and Wild West. Like every movie he was in had like a song with a music video. Dude, I know that's right. If I was him, and it's my movie, and I also have a nice parent-friendly PG album. Oh yeah, we're putting one of those songs. We're in making money. Smith. Yeah, absolutely. In 2001, Janet became the first artist to be featured on the new MTV concert series MTV Icon. The show recognized Jackson for her contributions to music and culture. Several of the biggest acts in the world perform covers of their favorite songs of hers. This includes In Sync, Pink, Destiny's Child, Usher, Outkast, Maya, Macy Gray, and Woodstock '99 alumni Buck, Buck Cherry. Cherry. Buckcherry, why were they invited to that? <laughs> They're like, you know what? <laughs> and that Let's song's spice about, it up. That song is about boys being nasty. She doesn't have no time for no nasty boys talking to her nasty. It's fucking, you know, it's Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. And these guys change it to nasty girls and are basically just talking about sluts. <laughs> I feel like they asked to sing that one. Well, yeah, probably. I, I mean, feel like everybody wanted that one, but... They were like, we want it because Destiny's Child probably wasn't going to touch it because they were still kind of like, oh, not like super. good girls. Yeah. Yeah. And like NSYNC wasn't going to do it. Pink. I don't know. If she would be good to do nasty. Neither would Maya. No. Yeah. Maya's not nasty. But Buck Cherry is nasty. Yeah. Though. And they were they're like, the nastiest band. Yeah, they're like, can <laughs> so we do that? That's kind of it. So Jackson released her seventh album, All For You, in 2001, which again debuted at number one and sold nine million copies. It was around this time that rumors of Janet's love life began filling the tabloids. It was rumored that she was involved with Matthew McConaughey, Jermaine Dupree, and Justin Timberlake. Mm. Timberlake, who performed with NSYNC on the MTV Icon special, asked Janet to record vocals on his debut solo album, Justified, which was released in 2002. That album was a huge success and landed the duo one of the biggest gigs in the world, the, the Super Bowl, Bowl Halftime Show. show. Yes, we're getting closer and closer to the to the entrance of the nipple gate. To the nipple. We're getting closer to the titty. Yes, exactly. The Super Bowl, though. What is the Super Bowl? Well, the Super Bowl is a uniquely American phenomenon. The first Super Bowl took place on January 15th, 1967, and over the decades became an annual tradition for millions of people. In fact, the seven most watched American television broadcasts of all time were Super Bowls. It has also been said that the Super Bowl Sunday is the biggest food day in America, second only to Thanksgiving. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's, and it's just like garbage. <laughs> it's like, all it's, garbage and it's chicken. Like the, and yeah, like, biggest day for chicken fingers and like cheese whiz and like uh, yeah, dip. Like dip think, is a big thing. I'm thinking about all the things that I've eaten on. I, I force myself to eat more. It is like Thanksgiving. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's like it's all garbage because you have to sit through the whole fucking thing. You know, Thanksgiving you can get up whenever you want. Super Bowl you got to wait till the end to that see who wins. Long, it's long as hell, yeah. and there's like a billion commercials. That's kind of like the thing. The big game is watched by sports fans and non-sports fans alike due to the tradition of companies airing new commercials as well as legendary halftime shows. Now I've only been to one Super Bowl party in my life. Tell us. Uh, it was I was in sixth grade. It was in my buddy Ronnie's garage. It was his dad there. The, the neighborhood. <laughs> kids i do not and have never given a fuck about sports really and so i was just clueless but i just want to hang out with my friends and then when i realized they all were actually going to sit and watch the game i was like fuck you know this sucks and so i'm sitting there watching it the best part though was halftime that year was the year that mtv like when you would switch you would switch channels over to mtv they had the airing of celebrity deathmatch the very first one like the claymation show where, where they would put like like you know charles manson versus marilyn manson or carrot top versus sinbad or whatever the fuck it's a lot uh, that show. yeah so the very first time they ever did that was this particular super bowl but my favorite part was the girl like my friend's older sisters made cookies they're in like eighth grade we're in sixth grade and one of the girls made a giant football shaped cookie that i guess she was saving for her dad or something and this one kid who's just like a klutz he like fell on his razor scooter in the garage the scooter hits the table and that football cookie hits the ground cracks in half and the girl just like bawled her eyes out and that's the first time I ever, uh, first and only time I ever watched the Super Bowl. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I love those childhood memories. Yeah. <laughs> Typically. <laughs> that's ha- okay. Yeah, I don't think she ever got over it. Oh. Typically, the halftime shows feature some of the top acts in several genres of music, but most commonly, pop music. The opportunity to play at the halftime show is considered one of the highest honors in showbiz and also one of the biggest responsibilities. With an average of 100 million people watching you, the pressure is on. That does sound like... So we're set, we set the stage here. Everyone in the world is watching. And furthermore, it's not, again, it's not just sports fans. You could totally hate sports, but you want to see the halftime show or you want to see the Budweiser commercial or the new Doritos commercial or what have you. So yeah, like most of the country's watching this shit. Everybody's watching it. Businesses close or close early for this shit. It's Sunday. The the world is watching. It's Sunday, the Sabbath. The day of rest. Yes, exactly. The day of breast in this this case. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. On February 1st, 2004, in Houston, Texas, the 38th annual Super Bowl was underway. The game was being played by the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. Woo, let's go Panthers! There you go. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where you're from. Attendees of the game, as well as viewers at home, were preparing for halftime spectacles. The bill for the show was stacked. It featured Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Jessica Simpson, P. Diddy, Nelly, and Woodstock 99 alumni, Kid, Kid Rock. Rock. It's like, like you, I will never be able to escape Woodstock 99. And never. It's like, no matter <laughs> what I fucking do. Also, it was toted as the AOL Top Speed Super Bowl 38 halftime show. Aw, AOL. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. Mm. Oh, my God. We're going to do a whole thing about instant messaging on another episode. Chat rooms. It, oh, we want a chat the room. The Devil's Playground. Yeah. Chris it, Hansen it, to catch a predator. All that. All that stuff. All right. There we go. The show was produced by MTV in conjunction with their choose or lose campaign which was an effort to get young adults to vote 2004 was an election year the first after 9-11 so there was plenty of hot button issues at stake the halftime show opens with an ad from mtv encouraging audiences to choose to vote 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 choose to get involved to get involved but then cuts to Jessica Simpson with a marching band for some reason who says, Houston, choose to party! Yeah, choose to party. Also, J- Jessica Simpson doesn't sing. She's, she's just there saying, choose to party! And like, that's it. But she was a huge singer too at the time. She was a huge singer with huge movies and huge personality. I love Little Jessica brain. Simpson. <laughs> I thought she was adorable. She's like five foot one. She was kind of like the pop star answer to Anna Nicole because her show, Newlyweds, she had some serious quotes from that show. God, you guys know how we feel about, well, we know how Ryan feels about Anna Nicole. Right. <laughs> and I share those sentiments. Yes. I love her. So the, yep. the show kicks off. It's huge. Big marching band. Jessica Simpson, Choose the Party. Janet comes out first and performs All For You, the like most recent hit, basically. Mm. Then she leaves the stage, making way for P. Diddy and Nelly, who do a couple songs, including Hot and Her. The finale, though, of that song includes Nelly's backup dancers tearing off their clothes. Foreshadowing. Yeah, tearing off their clothes. No one said anything. Wasn't a shocker. They literally 
10 women tear their fucking clothes off. Uh, of course, they're not butt naked, but it's pretty racy, you know, because it's all about getting naked and taking off your clothes. That's Hollywood. This whole, sh- this whole halftime show is about taking off your clothes, now that I think about it. It's all about taking off your clothes. I guess everything. So. Yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> What's life? Everything you know? is about after this, Kid Rock takes the stage to his mega hit, Ba With Da Ba, and then performs Cowboy. After Kid Rock, Janet comes back out and performs Rhythm Nation, eventually introducing Justin Timberlake to the We're stage. getting closer. Yeah, it's like I can like feel it. It's like the eruption. It's like 2004 again. The teddy. Oh. Timberlake begins to sing his song, Rock Your Body, eventually telling Janet to sing it. The two duet back and forth, dancing closer and closer until the famous ending of the song hits. Right after Timberlake sings, I'm going to have you naked by the end of the song, he grabs Jackson's breast and tears away the portion of her corset that was covering it, exposing her <laughs> to millions upon millions of people. The incident lasted only a split second, but the backlash would last much, much longer. Also, if you read about this, things backstage right away start falling apart. Like everyone's like on the switchboards, like fuck, like did that catch? Was that on the air? Like do, do we yeah. have like can, can we cut this? Like blah blah blah. And they're like no, that happened. They're like, what do you mean it happened? Was this planned? Who knew about the this? FCC's like get that shit off the air. Right, and also though, folks, if you watch this, it really is a split second. Completely, I missed it when it first happened. Right, yeah, I completely no missed it. Yeah, no one I really noticed it. that. I had to go, I had to go find it. Right, and it was only after like all of these, and because you know every camera in the Western Hemisphere is fucking at the Super Bowl, so only after these like huge bird's eye lens like start you know coming in and showing the close-ups did we realize what happened. Yeah, but it gives the like it gives the appearance that. She was like displaying it, but no, it's like shit gets torn down. She looks down, oh shit, grabs it, turns away, leaves stage. All you could see was just her like being shocked, and then just darkness. So what do you think? What, what do you think happened be- before we get into the backlash <laughs> and kind of what was said about it? Well, what, what's your take on Nipplegate? Oh wow, well, I have a couple hot takes, two going in opposite directions. But my first thing that I want to say is, I definitely think that. Janet Jackson, as we all know, took the brunt of it as if she took her own titty out. (laughs) She didn't take out her own titty. But I do think that it was a, you know, it's planned. I do think they were, they planned. You don't just reach down and rip a titty out. Justin Timberlake is kind of a, you know, he was kind of a cookie cutter guy. I mean, not on the stage. (laughs) But, you know, Timberlake, he was kind of a cookie cutter, like, you know, nice guy. Yeah. Mickey Mouse Club. Boy band. Like pop, like women like me, men like me, all races like me. I dance. I'm Justin Timberlake. Like I'm a nice kid. Look at me. I got a perm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't really see him just saying, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm taking the titty. <laughs> I'm gonna rip this titty out. <laughs> but on my way here, actually this morning, I was thinking about it, and I was like, if it was planned, what's an abstract reason as to why it was planned? And I will say this: I have the most. I, I love Janet Jackson. I love her. I love how she is so open with her sexuality. I think that I think that's such an important thing for like women to know that you have autonomy. And I, I love her so much. She's so talented. But at the time, in right. 2000... <laughs> <laughs> but at... Yeah, but... <laughs> no, I know. This all stands. But in 2004, she was kind of, in my opinion, going through that era, that phase of like a woman pop star's life where you're not 20... Four anymore, right? And sexuality, people are kind of wondering, well, which way is she going to go? Is she going to continue to get sexier, or are we going to start losing interest because she's no longer in her twenties and right. early thirties? What are we going to do? And I do think that she's her 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 like thing. One of the things that she does is push the envelope. Yeah, and that you gets know? harder to do as you get older. Because yeah, and you gotta raise, you gotta dial those numbers. Well, up. and that's like you know showbiz industry sexism there because it's like no one Definitely. wants to you know after you turn thirty, no one gives a shit what you think. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's like what can we? What what are you gonna do? Is she? What are you gonna go have a family? Yeah, you know, like what, <laughs> you know what's she gonna do? Yeah, and now? even if you do do that, even if you go the route of cleaning up your act, or not even cleaning it up, like as if Janet was so dirty. Yeah, she's but bummed. even if you like kind of like go a little more straight laced, like be, become a little more conservative in, in your ways and the way you present yourself, mm-hmm. then you get the backlash of like, oh, well, you used to be the nasty gal. Now you're trying to be a family exactly. woman. Exactly, you can't win. So she's trying to figure out what she needs to do with her sexuality, and I think like deep down she is that person. But let me tell you something about Justin Timberlake. At the time, he was on the rise. Yeah. 
he was a really good person for her to do the Super Bowl with, you know? Justified, this is about Janet and her bomb albums, but let's not make it seem like Justified Justified was one of the good. biggest albums of all time. It was just a really good album. He really did what he needed to do on Crimea that. Crimea River's on that, too, I, I believe. It's oh, like, yeah. It, that is... That still hits you to this day. I mean, you know, when, when that came out, there was cry. like, girl music. Mm. <laughs> like, that, now it's, you know, I appreciate everything. I, I like all, all the shit. But, yeah. Well... When discuss like, oh yeah go ahead oh my bad I'm gonna wrap this up but yeah she was on the rise and when she got that titty pulled out <laughs> with her super awesome nipple ring she was the most TV'd person and the most googled for the rest of the year she yeah no one was talking about Justin nobody was everybody was talking about how hot Janet Jackson is but yeah with that which is also funny because it's like not a sexy moment it's like it's an accident it's like someone like getting pants right it's like it's not like a sexual I thought it was thing. terrible yeah it's when just I was like a kid. she looks like shocked like her like she's not like again like displaying it in any way so it's just like a titty it's just like having like a any body part hang out yeah it's just like it's not like a flattering thing or anything and it made him look terrible when I was a kid I I was like Justin Timberlake just assaulted Jan uh, Janet Jackson on live <laughs> What's television. Going on here? Exactly. Well, when discussing <laughs> Nipplegate, there are a few main factors to focus on: the performers, the outfit, and the public perception. Who does the blame fall on? Was it Timberlake's fault for tearing the outfit? Was it Jackson's fault for allowing it to happen? Was it the fault of the costume designer who made the corset? Or was it all a misunderstanding made worse by the extreme media coverage? And the answer is all of the above. Before we get into the, the logistics of how the nipple was exposed and why, let's cover all of the trouble that Nipplegate caused. After the incident, the NFL claimed that they would never again allow MTV to produce a halftime event. Oh, that's a major hit yeah, to any, I mean, any yeah. media. Doesn't matter how big you are, that's now almost a billion dollars out of your budget oh. for the next time. The event was aired on CBS. The parent company of CBS and MTV is the media titan Viacom. Viacom not only controls a majority of the major television channels, but also two of the biggest radio conglomerates as well. Viacom imposed a ban on Janet Jackson and her music, pulling her videos from MTV and pulling her songs from the radio. Yeah, what? That's like, it's it's out of control. Someone pulled your titty out. We're taking all your songs away. Yeah, we're going to erase you. She, she got canceled. She got canceled. He we we didn't even, know, we didn't even know that that's what it was called. He took the titty. Yeah, yes. Tim, yeah, Timberlake is, is, is at fault here. The Federal Communications Commission, a.k.a. the FCC, received over 500,000 complaints about the performance and fined CBS for $550,000. Basically, like a dollar per complaint, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> the case was dismissed in 2011, but refiled in 2012. That is such a long time for litigation and back and forth with lawyers just to avoid paying this fine. It's probably but more also, than the fine. But also, no one, no one needed to pay this fine. There was no wrongdoing here it's not like again it's not like she flashed the camera or did something like that the legal fees are probably more than the fine at that point uh, well yeah absolutely or just yeah. equal but it's more of a principal thing at that point yeah janet was dropped from her role as lena horn in a biopic and a mickey mouse statue dressed in rhythm nation garb was removed from disney world she was also fired from her gig as a presenter at the 46th grammy awards and her invitation was revoked that's what? fucking crazy. Like, you can't come you, anymore? You can't even come. That's all, That's borderline Milli Vanilli. After like, all, she's <laughs> done for them? Seriously. Won several awards. Presented a billion times. Performed. Everything. One of the biggest singers on the planet. Nope. Because your boob was exposed for about half a second on live television, everything's gone. They're not even playing her songs on the radio. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, if this happened to Britney Spears... Would have been would a lot it, different. Oh, it would have been so different. I, I think it would have been different. I it would have been like, oh my God, she's a victim. Yeah. She would have been a victim. Or it would have been like, like, ooh, like so high. It wouldn't have yeah. been like, you know, because people talk shit on Janet Jackson's boob too. There's all sorts of shaming and everything that went into that it. That was so crazy. And yeah, with Britney, it wouldn't happen. And I think that goes into what you were saying with like the age thing. And then there's other, you know, things to consider too. There's like a race thing there that, that could be considered. Yeah, like I feel like, you know, she would have been like a, a victim and oh my God, how did he do this to her? But yeah, Janet is. She's in trouble, you guys, because her titty got taken out by yeah. Timberlake the titty toucher. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, my God. I'm going to make shirts with, with that. The ban on Jackson's music couldn't have come at a worse time, considering her album Demita Joe was scheduled for a March release in 2004. Despite the scandal, the album debuted at number two on the Billboard charts and sold three million copies. See, already, though, that's a drastic drop from, yeah. from the other stuff. And... Some, you know, there's some evidence there that could be said, well, you know, downloading 
was a big thing there before the album that came out before because Napster you're talking like 99 to like 2002 yeah. is kind of the height of that and then after that Lime music's just free somehow yeah I remember they were kicking in people's doors remember it was all over oh the yeah they would kick down doors like you sell them CDs and we found out yeah, we found your VPN. Oh, Napster was it, it was it was huge. So I mean that can that could play into the record sales as yeah. well. And but the fact that it debuted at number two as opposed to the last three, which were all number one, right. uh, y there is some uh, you know bad effect here. But I don't think it's like detrimental. She sold three million fucking copies of yeah, that I album. Mean, number and two, number two on Billboard. Yeah, oh, oh, tough break. Cry me a river. Uh, <laughs> that's a Justin callback. Apparently, the plan was to tear a piece of the corset off at the end of the song in order to expose a red lace bra Jackson had underneath. But when Timberlake tore the piece away, the bra was pulled down as well, exposing the breast. This became known as the wardrobe malfunction. The term spread like wildfire, reigniting public interest in the incident. It was at this point that the designer of the outfit was interviewed about the incident. USA Today interviewed Marcelo Garzon or Marcello Garzon. Marcello Garzon. Yeah, there you go. The man behind the corset to find out if there was any intention in the design to expose Jackson's breast. Garzon said that he constructed the costume according to strict instructions and could say little more due to a non-disclosure agreement he had signed prior to working with the pop star. But there was one more piece of the wardrobe puzzle. A bursting sun pasty which adorned her nipple. It was a unique piece of jewelry that led the public to believe that the exposure was intentional. Was it a pasty or a ring? It was a it was a shield. Yeah. A nipple shield. Yeah, okay. So I'm not I'm not like a I'm no doctor. I'm not <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what? This, this, this nipple stuff. But uh yeah, so what it looks like, folks, if you just picture the titty, there's a sun going around it with the tip with the nipple coming through the middle of it. So I think it was like, like a, a piercing thing. Yeah, it. bar going through it, uh, affixing it to the thing which maybe you're supposed to see the silhouette of beneath this red corset reveal. But all of this those is are, sounding like backtracking. Those are very intentional types of titty rings to put in. Right. I mean, they're uncomfortable. They're big. They're sharp. They're, they're made to be seen, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> it, it, exactly. And, you know, it's also just interesting to note that that came from the you know that phase where she got all the piercings and the red hair and stuff I guess she got her nipples pierced during that she totally got her nipples pierced yeah crazy we know and so she you know for the Super Bowl occasion got this huge piece of jewelry that was sold to her by Wayne Scott Lucas who worked at the Torian piercing and metal shop in Houston Texas he told the press that he was approached by Jackson stylist for a unique piece of nipple jewelry she then told Scott that there would be a surprise at the end of the halftime show oh see now that that's this is coming from the stony texas nipple jewelry salesman but also you know the super bowl took place in houston so how like the timeline is very short between getting this piece of jewelry and the super bowl like it was a last minute decision yeah like, like hey go out what? and get me a cup of coffee and a sun-shaped nipple ring yeah someone was like you know what she's gonna do it yeah <laughs> let's, let's get the ring it's gonna happen Go get the ring and get us some coffees right and he claims that the sun is actually a matching piece like it's a two-parter and he still has the other one that came in the set like he saved it so that's also an interesting thing going into the conspiracy theory that it was planned to expose the fold nipple because why would you only buy one piece of nipple jewelry like it's almost like you wanted people to just see one nipple it's like i get it like the choreography was he's gonna rip that titty out Right. So I but mean, just like one titty. <laughs> I know. Just one. Like you don't go to a strip club and see one boob. I think if he did both titties, that would have been even worse. Because now it's like boom both titties. Right. That like, would have been inexcusable. That well, would have made no, him I mean, look even worse. Like now he looks like a, like an, like an animal. Well, what it what it would have done is it would have cut through the bullshit of like the was it an accident or was it not because if it was both you'd be like that meant to happen you know when it's just one you're like was that a thing I think that was the idea you know I think that's what we're getting at but also the idea it's of crazy. like these two nipple like these two sun shaped nipple rings like one goes to Janet the guy's the other one it's like in Home Alone 2 with the turtle doves like the Christmas ornament where it's like you give one to a friend and you keep the oh, other yeah. <laughs> and whenever you look at it you know <laughs> sorry to go off track but I actually watched that movie for Christmas oh, yeah, I hadn't seen year. it in years didn't remember anything about it why was everyone so weird and mean in that movie it's like it was they're from new york but it was like it was no it was the first movie basically but everybody was being wackier than the first movie yeah like all the hotel people are like just super mean well, like his parents kid. were being mean to him the family was just like you know what like, though i didn't feel bad for him in the second one because he like i need my batteries for my fucking tape recorder yeah like, get on the plane first dude. and why'd you leave the child with the money bag 
Well, it was a swap. It was the old switcheroo. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. get back to this. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get back to what's really yeah, important. Yeah, nipples. So the event also was the most TiVoed event of all time and the most searched for thing on the internet that year. Nipplegate even inspired the creators of YouTube, which is a kind of a whack thing because these guys like that had the idea. One of the founders said in an interview that when they were kind of conceptualizing YouTube and, and what it would become, they remembered the TiVo thing and the internet search. And they're like, what if there was just a place like where all of those videos were, like any video was. So it's yeah. like, oh, you want to see Janet Jackson's nipple for half a second? You just go to YouTube. Yeah, you know? let's exploit some pain. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they still do that to this day. Yeah, I, I love it. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we love it. I mean, shit, I make a whole fucking show about that kind of I stuff. Yeah, it's good. But also, like, TiVo is such a culture dump worthy thing. Uh, it's like, TiVo is kind of like the pager of television. It's like the technology was almost there for just like a all in one cable box DVR system and like streaming and all that. If they had just waited like another two years, you know, because now TiVo yeah. is just so obsolete. Yeah, TiVo didn't last very long. Like, it was a huge deal for a few years, and then all of a you sudden... You can rewind TV? Yeah, it's like, you can pause TV? and What? Yeah, and all they did it for was to watch Janet Jackson's fucking nipple. It sounds That's the it's most used thing. For, like, it's so fucking stupid. Sounds about right to me. But it's like pagers, you know? I always said, like, if they just waited, like, three more years, like, after, like, pagers were invented, if they just waited, technology would have been such to where they would have just invented cell phones. Yeah, because, like, what do you mean? Oh, I know you're calling me, but I can't do anything about it? Yeah, exactly. It's like, just, I mean, okay, I, the technology uh, is almost there to send the signal. Like, just develop it for another year and yeah. make a fucking phone, which like, someone else did. Like, it's hard to say. I mean, it's exciting. And, you know, we're not from that time, so we're all <laughs> shitting on pagers. I mean, and I'm TiVo. sure back then it was really exciting. Whatever, well, TiVo is, is my TiVo, time. TiVo, yeah. And uh, it, it was shitty. I it was say. exciting. It was, <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, well, I like can pause Ed, Ed, and Eddie anytime I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yes. So what does it all mean? We like to ask that at the end of every culture dump. So what does it all mean, Nipplegate? Hmm. <sighs> well, Janet apologized within 24 hours of the incident, but later said she regretted doing that because she really didn't have anything to be sorry for. That's right, I agree. Janet. Yes. Yeah. She also felt that Timberlake left her hanging, in a sense, during the fallout. Timberlake did say that the public in general is harsher on women and ethnic people in these situations and that he only received about 10% of the backlash. I don't even know if it was 10 I don't think so either. I think it was like, because, okay, first of all, this is before memes. That would have been the biggest fucking meme of the year, the, the titty moment. If this happened now, okay, it wouldn't have been a big deal that it happened. It would have been a big deal that he did it. Yeah. Oh, it totally would have been. Yeah, it would have been completely flipped. It wouldn't have been a big deal to see titties. Timberlake exposed her on stage. Yeah, yeah that like, is me. Then, Time's up, all, Timberlake. All the stuff. Yes, Time's exactly. Up. And, but instead, Janet got canceled. Like temporarily, I mean, she's you know made huge comeback since. I mean, she's she's fucking Janet Jackson. Th yeah. That was only gonna last a year or so, but yeah. still, it's it's traumatic, you know. And she she went on Oprah, and and that was like you know it's very tough. Oh, oh anytime a celebrity goes through something hard and they go on Oprah, you know, it's like gonna be heavy. Yeah, and she's uh, yeah, get it out of you too. Janet could barely talk about it. Like she just like she was just so like ashamed and embarrassed and just like why is everyone still talking about this? And yeah, Timberlake fucking barely got any heat for this. But just, you're totally right. Nowadays. He's the one that pulled her shirt down. She's the one that oh, got embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have been some me too. Time is up. Justin Timberlake, you are a predator and we're still going to listen to Justified. Yeah. 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 <laughs> pre, yeah. There's going to be the pre titty Justin and then the post titty. And that's yeah, kind of how it is with Janet. Like, I mean, really her career, it's like you have everything before the Super Bowl and then you have everything after and everything after is like, I, I feel like just a little bit of steam got taken out of her from that. You know? I think so too. I don't think she expected the backlash to be like that um, intense and extreme. And it, people were making these crazy think pieces about her. She was all over the news, and people were saying, "Oh, my child was there. You have damaged my child." I mean, that's right. Which yeah. is so like, like really like it, it's just out of control. 2004 was a wild time. Right. Well, Timberlake also faced scrutiny years later at another Super Bowl for using a Prince hologram during a halftime show. Everyone was like, why did you do that? Why would you bring in Prince? Like, do you like a tribute? And like, why would you do it like that? That's what uh, they got mad at him for. Yeah, of course. 
And then also it's worth noting that NSYNC opened for Janet on her Velvet Rope tour and that Justin had attended one of the shows during the Rhythm Nation tour as a kid. See, it's so, your own fans that he, do it to you. Yeah, and he, you, I mean, maybe he was just fantasizing. Like, he finally had Janet's titty in his hand after years of seeing her from afar. And like, he just couldn't couldn't resist. But also, you know, like you said, there, there could have been a thing on Janet's side where it's like, let's do something really saucy. We'll play it off like an accident, but it'll give me the attention. And instead of it, like, kind of boosting her, she got the A backlash and she got the decency backlash she got the the black backlash which but, i like to call blacklash yes all of that stuff and it's interesting because i don't know if you remember but like i think last year's super bowl or the one before mm -hmm. it was like j-lo and stuff and they were promoting the movie hustlers it was like j-lo and shakira oh, yeah and they had pole dancers that shit is incredibly racy compared to half a second of an exposed sun you know, bejeweled titty. I love Shakira. She was throwing ass. Well, yeah. I mean, all great. over the place. Like, it, you would think it was it was the Super Bowl of ass. She's so good. But the thing is, it's like, that. there was complaints for that, but it was nowhere near the Nipplegate thing. And it's like, I don't know if it's because it's like implied or it's like, you know that this is part of the show or if it's like, she was so, like, she was so irresponsible for letting that titty come out. She should have had a better yeah. control of things. At least with J-Lo, we know that that's what the show was supposed to look like. I don't know. People and it are was fucking dumb. It was 2004, man. I mean, it was 2000s. The early 2000s were kind of racy. I mean, you know, culture dumps. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty racy. But I mean, now the things that we see that are just normal, like a celebrity back in the early 2000s, late 90s, if they had a magazine cover where they were covering their nipples and had titties out, right. it was news. Yeah. Now they will just put that on their Instagram and just be like, good morning, you guys. Yeah, exactly. Super happy today. Feeling myself. Feeling yeah. myself. Might delete later. A exactly. <laughs> so I think at the end of the day, what Nipplegate is, is it's truly, yes, it's a gate, which is, you know, thrown on to any scandal that's like multifaceted, has a lot of ways of, of looking at it, lot, very complicated, a lot of moving pieces in the conspiracy. It's definitely a gate-worthy moment in pop culture. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's safe to say that Janet got a raw deal in this and totally. whether or not it was on purpose or not it really looks like it was <laughs> I'll say that you know and and at first I was thinking it was an accident and like that the red lace thing kind of like made sense to me but after going through it now I like no she that was that was a thing I think it was the choreography for sure and something just didn't go as planned yeah either the backlash didn't go the as backlash planned, I think is I don't think they were expecting that I think they was not supposed to pull the bra and she was just wearing that big old nipple ring because it makes her feel she's good a freak. yeah, yeah <laughs> she likes it it makes her you know I, I get that so I mean we'll we'll never know and that's what's so tantalizing about Nipplegate yeah we'll yes a good word there for it well Courtney tantalizing where what do you got going on what you got anything coming out you want to you want to talk about uh, I've got a few on? things going on you know COVID kind of came through but in the end it's it's going pretty well. Uh, I just wrapped on a video game. The Walking Dead's got a video game coming out, you guys. It's called Pathways. And uh, yeah, I'm voicing it. I'm the lead and the narrator. So if you want to hear me talk some more, <laughs> get the game when it comes out. <laughs> a lot of me saying things yeah it yeah. looks like it's gonna be really fun it looks really exciting walking dead yeah zombies huge. walkers blood fear Nipplegate. Uh, nipples <laughs> uh, so awesome yeah. and uh if you want to follow her on instagram i'm just gonna throw it out there that's c willie at c willie that's c e e willie c e e underscore oh really. underscore oh i almost sent them to some weird <laughs> you're shit. gonna be somebody who wasn't me yeah <laughs> they're gonna like, be that, this guy does not look like how she sounds yeah you guys hit me up at at cee -E underscore willie there we go post pictures of food and uh <laughs> <laughs> memes and cartoons and pictures of me yes sometimes in a bikini Oh, well, there you go, folks. If that ain't it, what a fitting uh, thing to plug on, on the Nipplegate episode. Yeah. Well, folks, for exclusive <laughs> culture dumps and Podcast 99 content, including bonus episodes, research materials, and the like, sign up to patreon.com slash culture dumps. If you would like to send us a culture dump suggestion, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at culture dumps or send us an email at culture dumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been joined by Courtney Williams. Woo. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah.